<clears throat> Welcome back to the Sprott Money News monthly wrap-up. This is for November of 2022, and what a month it has been. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us this month is my old friend, Dave Kranzler of Investment Research Dynamics and the uh, great newsletters, Short Sellers Journal and Mining Stock Journal. Dave, a recognized expert in the precious metal sector, and like I said, an old friend. Dave, good to see you. I'm glad you consider us to be old friends. <laughs> <laughs> old. Emphasis let's, on the old part. Let's clarify one thing. Alleged recognized expert. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> After the year we've had, it's even more alleged than usual for both of us. Oh, um, unbelievable. But let's begin to wrap it up. Before we get going, though, uh, just a reminder. I mean, it's November, end of November. So technically, it's the holiday season. And that, of course, brings the, uh, the what's always looked forward to at Sprott Money. That's a Sprott Holiday Gift Guide. So you go to SprottMoney.com, look for the Holiday Gift Guide link right on the homepage. It'll take you there. You'll find all sorts of bargains and deals for your holiday shopping. And why not give some precious metal to your kids, your grandkids? Great way to get them to understand what's money and what is not and uh, likely to see some appreciation in value over the years as well. So go to SprottMoney.com, check the holiday gift guide, and do some shopping. Uh, maybe another good gift would be a subscription to the Mining Stock Journal. How's that, Dave? You like that? Um, Love it. <laughs> tell everybody what you do for a day job and what the Mining Stock Journal is. Sure. So the Mining Stock Journal is a bi-weekly newsletter. So it comes out twice a month. And I... I focus primarily on junior mining stocks and junior microcaps. I mean, the idea here is, is looking for total rate of return ideas. And I try to find ideas that are not trampled all over by dozens of other newsletters, Bay Street analysts, et cetera. So, you know, I, it, it's getting harder, but, you know, I try to look for ideas that haven't, haven't been as discovered yet. So... Um, in fact, one of them just yesterday, Viva Gold doubled in price on some like stunningly ridiculous assay results from their Tonopah Gold project. Well, so, as Eric would say, you do your homework, you can find things like that and you need allies and you're certainly exactly. out there doing the homework. <clears throat> exactly. So, and that, that's what it is. I mean, it's, you know, a lot of my subscribers are begging me to raise the price. They're like, you're selling this information for too little, but at some point, I probably will. Um, but you know, my I you know I don't want to charge a ton of money like some of these outfits do. Yeah. Um, and it's you know I try to also educate as much as I can for not being a trained geologist on um, you know mining mining terms, geology terms, things like that. You so, do a and great also, job. And again, oh, thank you. The, your website is investmentresearchdynamics.com? Yes. And all the I actually offer the Short Sellers Journal, which, believe oh, it or not, right. as much as I love the precious metal sector, and I've been, I mean, knee deep in it, maybe neck deep in it since 2001, I actually kind of enjoy writing the Short Sellers Journal, which is a weekly newsletter, more than I do the Mining Stock Journal. <laughs> Especially after the year we've had. What? Um, yeah. Uh, again, both of those at your website, investmentresearchdynamics.com. Yes. All right, Dave, let's uh, let's first look back at some of the key events here of November. Uh, the first thing on my list is the uh, November FOMC, where we got another 75 basis point rate hike, promises another 50 here in two weeks when the FOMC meets again. 
But all in the face of what appears to be some pretty sharply slowing economic data, uh, what do you make of all this and where do you think the Fed's headed in the short term? Is it set in stone that it's only going to be a 50 basis point hike? Well, that's what Powell told us back in September. So that's what I'm I'm going with still. But who okay. knows? You're right. I mean, it's never really clear to me. Um, I, I mean, I, I think that I think the, the narrative they're trying to push is that they can rein in price inflation by destroying demand. And and um in fact, I saw it yesterday. It was driving me nuts. They're trying to cool down the economy. Well, on a on a real basis, the economy was never hot. Right. You know, and they they point to the employment numbers, and we know those are bogus. So, to me, you know, I, I mean, if you study monetary economics, price inflation, yeah, in the short term, you can have supply bottlenecks or a surge in demand that out outweighs the the amount of supply that's out there, and you might get uh, temporary price increases because it's the function of the price to clear the market, right? Balance out supply and demand. But real inflation comes from increasing the money supply at a rate that's in excess of the increase in wealth output. And we haven't had a lot of real wealth output since really since 2007. And the money supply obviously has is, is gone to Pluto. So I, I think most of the price inflation that we've been seeing really since, I guess, maybe late 2020 um, is, I, I think what happened for most of the time between 2008 and then that big $3 trillion uh, push of, of money printing in, in March, you know, spring of 2020, a lot of that went into the stock market, the bond market, right? We had record low interest rates, record low mortgage rates, record high stock prices. Um, the housing market, you know, housing price inflation. So I think that was kind of capturing a lot of that printed money. But ever since everything's kind of rolled over, you know, financial assets, and I consider a home a financial asset because most people use, you know, at least a 90% mortgage, and in, in many cases, much higher than that. And a mortgage is a financial asset. And, you know, the, the price of a home, the price of it is derived from the amount that you can borrow to pay for it, right? Mm -hmm. So now that financial assets have started to head south, all of a sudden, you know, this the money that's being printed or had been being printed was, was showing up as price inflation at at the grocery store, at the gas station, um, insurance premiums, et cetera. So to me, yeah, I mean, they might they might be able to slow down inflation a bit by hiking rates, but it's really gonna, they're gonna have to remove a lot of that liquidity that they've printed and pushed into the banking system. Because now that it's it's being unleashed from financial assets into the real economy, that's where, that's the real source of your inflation. Yeah. Yeah. is the devaluation of the dollar. You got more dollars chasing less widgets, less right. units of wealth output. Right. So, yeah, I mean, go ahead and raise rates up to five. I guess they're saying now, I think I saw one of the FOMC members, I don't remember was a, if it was actually a voting member or not, who said that he thinks Fed funds rate needs to, the terminal rate should be somewhere between five and 7%. Right. 
But even at that at that level, you're still got negative real rates versus just CPI inflation, let alone a real measure of inflation. Yeah. So and negative rates are, you know, that that when you have negative rates, it, it continues the the devaluation of the dollar or of fiat currency. So to me, hiking rates might might slow inflation down, but it's not it's not going to rein it in. <laughs> well, and and you mentioned that was goon. I call him goons. Goon Bullard. <laughs> I know. That. I love that. <laughs> and uh, he's the same guy that has spent thirty six years at the Fed in his ivory tower. Has never had a job outside of the Fed. Uh, same guy that thought inflation was transitory and we wouldn't even have rate hikes until 2023. And now we're supposed to believe I, it's, they would seem to be hopelessly behind the curve, if not just simply hopeless. Um, it'll certainly be interesting to see which way it goes, uh, especially with the meeting coming up in two weeks. Maybe we'll talk about that next month. Um, Dave, uh, the other thing that has been uh, really interesting here this month has been just the continued meltdown of all of these uh, fraudulent Ponzi schemes in the crypto space. Uh, I always like to make a distinction between the Bitcoin I own and then all these little scams, you know, where they promise 20% yields and stuff like that, that are basically Ponzi schemes. Um, I would imagine you got some thoughts on that. And do you think, <laughs> um, I haven't, we haven't really seen that bleed over to the equity markets yet. Um, do you think it could as we go deeper into the year? Well, I mean, it, it did bleed over temporarily, you know, when, when FTX filed and, you know, all the whole crypto world headed south had a, had a leg down. Um, the stock market also started to sell off. And then all of a sudden, you know, pivot hopes kicked back in. Yeah, oy, oy, oy. yeah exactly. So um, that's a good question. I think... I mean, I you know, I think the the damage that's been done to the crypto world is is reflected right now in the stock market. But you know, because you know, it, unless something another big event like FTX implodes, you know, it, you know, I think the stock market with respect to what's going on in the crypto world is probably stabilized. But you know, who knows? I mean. <sighs> If we get another big leg down in Bitcoin, <clears throat> yeah, I, th I think uh, I think we'll see a pretty sharp stock market sell off um, related to that. And that could impact the Fed, too. You know, and I, I look at, you know, I all that money that was printed, like or I should say currency that was printed um, that went you know from the Fed that added to the Fed's balance sheet and drove that inflation. You know, we were all frustrated. Uh, you know, it was a nice move in the precious metals, but clearly a lot of the demand for gold and silver, the ETFs and mining shares was siphoned off, not only into Bitcoin, but into these crypto scams. I just wonder if now that they've all been revealed as frauds, if, you know, the next time the spigots are turned on and the printer goes burr, um, we won't have maybe a little more of a, you know, a rally, a more, uh, a little more of a spotlight shown on traditional sound money. What do you think of that? Oh, I, th I think there's no question about it. Um I think we kind of started seeing that when when uh, when FTX, you know, bit the dust. Yeah, it kind of felt like the precious metal sector started having a, a more firm bet at bid, at least the paper side of it. I mean, the physical side, obviously, there's always a firm bet bid from the Eastern Hemisphere. So, yeah. Um, but well, but yeah, in fact, um, one of the things that I've I've noticed <clears throat> is that. 
and it, it may be related to the FTX situation, is that on days when the stock market starts to sell off, a lot of on a number of those days, the precious metal sector actually rises or diverges positively from the rest of the stock market. Today's a good example, right? I mean, the Dow Dow was green early in the morning, as was the precious metal sector. Now the Dow's down over 100 points. The Nasdaq's down. Well, the Nasdaq 100's down almost one percent, and the precious metal sector is still firmly bid. I mean, the the Huey index is up two percent. I mean, it never really pulled back, or it maybe pulled back just a tad when the rest of the stock market started to head south. So, um, you know, there may be an element of of money that might have been going into these these uh, cryptos when the stock market started selling off, that money may be starting to flow into the precious metal sector, but we'll, we'll, we'll need more time up. to really draw a conclusion. Uh, it kind of, that takes us to the the last thing I want to talk to you about in the month in, you know, wrap up here um, is physical demand and the declining vault stocks around the world, not just for silver, but copper and lead and zinc and nickel, aluminum. Um, and, and, you know, one of the reasons why, you know, you mentioned we're recording this on the 29th and the whole commodity sector is bid, uh, is this idea that maybe finally uh, that China is going to start to reopen and lessen their COVID restrictions and everything else, driving Chinese commodity demand maybe into the new year. Um, Dave, what do you, what do you, are you following that, that story as well? This, this uh, vault stocks, declining physical metal stocks, do you think that could possibly have eventually have an impact on on the on the digital prices gresham's law baby yeah. right yeah bad money chases out good and smart money knows you know uh, comex contracts slv gld that's not good money that's another those are those are derivatives so it's going it's going for physical metals it's going you know it's, it, it wants possession of the physical metals and that that's that's what i think we're seeing is 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 um, you've got a, 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 I think it's a low grade run on physical gold and silver mm -hmm. because it's, it's not just in London, it's in New York also. Right. Right. I mean, Shanghai. Right. And, um, <clears throat> I, I mean, I remember someone, there's someone, a guy on Twitter who does a great job keeping track of the, the vault stocks, the warehouse stocks on the COMEX. And he was getting all excited when silver was, you know dropped from, I forget, like 340 million ounces down to close to 300. And I'm like, well, wake me up when it's below 300. A couple of weeks ago, we went below 300. So um, there's 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 definitely physical metal that's disappearing from above ground visible stocks. And I think that's smart money saying, uh, time to cash in my fiat chips and, and move into something that's really going to preserve my wealth. Yeah. Well, I think at some point, and again, I don't know. I don't know what the trigger is going to be. Um, but at some point, I think we're going to see a more widespread rush to convert fiat currencies into physical metals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Be an interesting story to follow uh, in December and then into the first quarter. Uh, one last question for you. Let's begin to look ahead a little bit and uh, tap into that alleged expertise in the mining sector. Um but no, I joke. Dave knows more about, he's forgotten more about the mining sector than I'll ever know. Um, I don't know about it, that. <laughs> it has been, well, 
Yeah, I'm losing it quick, so it doesn't, you know, <laughs> are set pretty low, Dave. Um, <laughs> uh, as we look ahead, I mean, obviously, this was a really challenging year. I mean, the gold fell seven months in a row from April through November, the longest losing streak on a monthly basis since 1968, which coincidentally was when the London gold pool blew up. But that just played heck with the mining. I mean, what, what was it? Newmont that got cut in half over the course of 60 days from 85 to 42. Um, and again, we're seeing a lot of stress in the, in the juniors and the explorers, you know, maybe starting to run out of cash because they can't get financing. I mean, this is a really challenging year. Um, this is a question. Yeah, well, I guess it is. Uh, Dave, um, tell everybody a little bit about historically how the shares might perform in December with tax loss selling, that sort of thing. And, and maybe what you'd expect uh, as the year begins and as we get into the first quarter, um, if the metal prices re respond and that sort of thing. Sure. Well, first of all, um, <clears throat> the, the chart pattern that we saw this year in the precious metal sector, very, very similar to what we saw in 2008. Because if you remember in 2008, the, the, Gold and silver hit, it wasn't, I don't remember if it was all-time highs, but, uh, but gold, gold had run up over 1,000. Silver yep. had run up to, I think, maybe 19 and and maybe even 20 or 21. And that was, and then in mid-March, you know, when, when Bear Stearns was like, yeah. And it sold off hard into the end of October, very similar to the way it sold off hard starting in April you know, into, you know, through the end of the summer and into the early fall. Um, and, and I, you know, obviously there's a lot of interesting parallels between now and 2008 in the whole financial system. So I, I kind of think we could see a similar pattern. Now you mentioned like tax loss selling. Yeah, I think that's a factor. It's probably more of a factor in the junior micro cap stocks because there's been, a, last week there was a couple stocks that got hit that I actually cover in my mining stock journal. And I'd have subscribers emailing me, you know, what's going on? I'm like, it's no news. I said, there's either a fund getting out before the end of the year or tax loss selling, you know, and I'd, I'd get in contact with the CEO. Hey, is there anything going on? You know, or is this tax loss selling? He goes, well, one of them's like, well, we have a fund selling and then the rest of it's retail tax loss selling. So, you know, I, I don't I don't really try to play the tax loss selling effect because we could have we could have, um, you know, start starting at the beginning of November. We could have a two month period here where the metals are off to the races like they were in 2008. I mean, don't forget, in 2008, gold and silver bottomed in late October and GDX more than doubled between early November and the end of the year. Now, I was running some numbers the other day on GDX. And actually, I ran them again this morning in case you asked me about this. GDX since November 3rd is up 23%. Yeah. No one's reporting that. No one's talking about it. That's a hell of a move in a three-week period. You know, and so, yeah, we're probably, I was thinking we might get a sharper pullback than we've had. It was up 26% a couple of days ago. Yeah. Um, but again, we, we could be back into a period like we were in late 2008, where the stock market continues to go south. And the precious metal sector diverges positively and heads north. And, you know, until I'm proven otherwise, yeah. that's what my call is right now. So regardless of tax loss selling, and again, it's going to be more of, a, of an issue for the 
the microcap, illiquid, you know, junior project development companies than it is for the larger cap producers who are generating revenue and cash flow. Um, but I, you know, I, I think that you know we we could be significantly higher by the end of the year than where we are now. Now I, I'm not putting all my chips on the table for that. I'm playing it cautiously. But you know, if we see a move like that, um, I think we could be off to the races in 2023. Well, I, and certainly fundamentals that. support it. And and Dave, I in uh, March of 2009, following that period you mentioned, that's when the Fed first got involved with QE. Um, we're well down the road from QE1, but a similar thing could easily happen in the first quarter or first half of 2023, where the Fed has to get back involved as a you know buyer of last resort for treasuries to try to get the economy going again for, after the damage they've done. I'm not so sure they're worried about the economy as much as they're going to be worried about funding treasury debt. Right. Right. The U.S. the government's going to have to start issuing a lot of paper, and I don't know who's going to buy that. But again, I, I'm not I'm not sure that you know a turnaround in the or a big move higher in the press metal sector is going to require you know a pivot to more money printing. I think this time around we could see uh, pressure from the physical market start to push the paper gold and silver market higher. You know, at, at some point, the, the supply-demand imbalance, I mean, even some of the official gold and silver organizations like the Silver Institute are saying, you know, there's going to be a massive silver supply deficit in 2023. And how do you fix that? The price goes higher. Right. The market will fix it by taking the price higher. So, um, and I was actually looking at a silver chart, a daily silver chart over the weekend. <laughs> I was like, Holy crap, that's a bullish looking chart. Yeah. So, you know, and it it got it got bounced below the 200 day moving average yesterday. But if it springs back above it, it could be off to the races. Right. Right. And boy, if we get into next year and break out above the highs of 20 uh, and 21 uh, and even this year, up, you know, get north of 28, start trading with a three handle. Now, again, that's asking a lot. That's 50 percent move from here. But certainly seen it before we've seen silver do that before i mean that's the one thing you know just like the gdx moved 23 percent in three weeks i mean we've seen gold and silver make moves like that in a very short period of time yep you got that right david it's, it's always fun to talk to you and again i personally at least encourage everybody uh to check out dave's services uh and, and again if you're in the mining sector that's always a key you need you, i mean you got to do your own homework but you need trusted trusted sources of info uh, to help you out and make sure, you know, kind of double check your homework. And uh, uh, Dave Services great, definitely does that. One thing before we go, I, I definitely want to remind everybody too, uh, all of this information that comes out every month from Sprott Money, um, whether it's the precious metals projections with Chris Vermeulen, all of the articles during the month, the Ask the Expert, these kind of month, monthly wrap-up conversations. I mean, they're all free of charge. Least thing you can do is help support Sprott Money, either by checking the site and buying some physical metal, or at least just give them a like or a subscribe on whichever channel you're watching, because that helps them to cast a wider net, get more uh, educated people out there regarding the precious metals, and that that helps all of us. So uh, please give us a like or a subscribe before you leave. Uh, Dave, before you leave, I hope you, I just want to wish you a, a happy holiday season uh, and a prosperous 2023. Uh, the bar is set pretty low in terms of 
<laughs> coming out of this year. Hopefully next year will be a little more fun. Thanks, Craig. I'd like to wish you a happy holiday season also. And I'm not rooting for the Chiefs, but it looks like you might have a winner on your hands there. <laughs> we'll see about that. They are the Chiefs after all. <laughs> but anyway, thank you, Dave. It's always good to visit with you. Thank you, Craig. And from all of us, it's Broad Money News and SproutMoney.com. Thanks for watching. And uh, we'll see where things head in the final month of the year.